welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 156 for Saturday the 8th of June 2019. Coming up this week, how I just received a refund for a disappointing promo. It's the first time that's ever happened. And so many lies is on its way back for final checks this weekend. Coming next, it's time to edit Left for Dead and get writing the next novel. So welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary. Lots of bits and pieces of news for you this week because I'm not actually writing at the moment. Writing is slated to begin on Friday the 14th. So first of all, I've had a few on your bike emails this week, which I thought I'd just mention to you. If you recall last week, I said that Amazon had reached out and said that they'd like to put Don't Tell Meg 3 on a Kindle monthly deal contest. And I wanted that, but I just said to them, look, this is the wrong book. It's it's part of a sequential series and you're dropping them at the end of the story. You couldn't read that book standalone. So I wrote back to them and said, look, what, can you not... Um, don't tell Megon. That's the best one to put in. And I, I basically got a kind of Dear John letter, which was, Hello, Paul. Thank you for contacting us. I understand you'd like to do this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're not able to add that, that to the deal. So it was a, you know, on your bike kind of message. Um, so I don't know why they chose that book. Presumably it tickled some kind of algorithm about the sales or the charts or, or something like that, but it's no use to me. And I, I mean, again, tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if my thinking's wrong, but. I think that's a bad user experience. It could be a bad user experience for Amazon. What I don't want to do is something that maybe drives traffic and then ends up getting refunds or, or poor f- feedback. So that's why I rejected that. But if, I, if, I, if I'm missing something, if I've missed a trick here, please let me know. The other interesting thing was, you know, the, the book bub I've got on the secret bunker, where to me, the two categories that can go in is either YA or science fiction. Those are the two natural categories that that book would go in. And they have, they've given me the book bub, but they've put it into horror. And when I think of horror, I think, no, that's definitely not the secret bunker. But when I look at their horror section, um, they are definitely listing books that are like my book. So horror there is in the sense of the world ending, you know, the horror of the world ending, not with vampires and werewolves, but just with a kind of sci-fi scenario. But there are books there that are just like the secret bunker. So I wrote back to them anyway and said, can we not put that in YA? And they said, thank you very much for getting in touch. Our editors suggest alternate categories for books based on their knowledge of the unique tastes of our subscribers and other editorial data around things like which subgenres and subject matters our readers have historically responded best to within each category. They have a good sense of where books will be successful, which could be tricky because the tastes of our readers don't necessarily align with traditional bookstore genres. Based on their knowledge of the type of content that performs well in each of our categories, our editors are confident that the readers on the horror list will respond best to this book and therefore uh, you'll see, sorry, I'm reading badly here, and you'll therefore see the most success in your campaign. So if you would like to move ahead with this feature, please confirm it. And I'd already paid for it by that stage. Um, so I think in this scenario, you have to accept the wisdom and the experience of the people at BookBub. If, if they think that's where it's going to go, who am I to argue? And certainly for the first one. So if this book tanks, 
and I've paid, well, I've only paid 200 quid for it. It's not, it's not a 500, $600 promo. So it did help that the price was less as well. And it does have a big list. It's at the list of people that they sent to is over a million. I'm happy to try it at that price. I'm happy to bow to their experience and their better judgment. But for instance, if it was a useless promo, I would write to them and say, look, I spent 200 quid on this and I only got, you know, 10 downloads. You did say to me, that this was where I should be. And quite clearly it wasn't where I should be. You know, I, I would quite like a little bit of goodwill here. And maybe, you know, you could put me in a slot in sci-fi where I should, I said I should have been. And, and let's give that a try. So I, I will be leaning a bit if this is as a disaster, uh, simply, simply because of the money that I spent on it. And with that said, I did want to give you some really interesting news this week. Do you recall and, and I know I always say, do you recall, but there's so much going on. You've got to have a really good memory. This almost needs subtitles, this podcast, because it feels to me like it's getting so complicated with rapid release and all the things I've got on. But hopefully you recall that I did a bargain booksy and I said to you it was rubbish and I only got nine downloads from it. And some of those might not have been from bargain booksy. And I'd fed back to them to say that was useless. You know, that really was very poor. And I got an email from them this week and they refunded me the whole cost of that promo. And they sent a really good email. And I got to tell you, you can't say fairer than this. I thought it was really good customer service. And where I was in my mind thinking, right, I won't use Bargain Books again. Because of that brilliant customer service, I'm now thinking, right, well, you really can't say fairer than that. Uh, they refunded my fee, apologized, and, uh, you know, said we looked at the data and it wasn't very good. But you're right. Um, and that's great. So that makes me much more predisposed now to try Bargain Books again. Now, the other thing that I did check is that when I did that promo, and I remember when I got the date, I thought, oh, I wonder if that's a good date to do it. It was on Bank Holiday Monday in the UK, and it was Memorial Day in the USA. So the reason of those stats for those stats may have been that it was on a double bank holiday in my two biggest audiences. But let me tell you what Bargain Books, he said to me sent me an email and said, we're sorry to hear that you were unsatisfied with your recent promotion for Don't Tell Meg. I looked at the performance data for your title and I can verify that you saw below average engagement from our audience. We've refunded your feature in full and you could expect the credit. Well, the, the credit was the first thing. I Sorry, I think I got the credit before I got the email. Um, and then they've, uh, they've also said to help drive KU Pages read for Don't Tell Meg on Amazon, we're going to feature your book in our June 13th Reading Stacks newsletter. And then they go on to explain what Reading Stacks is. So not only have they acknowledged that I'm right in saying that was very low, They've refunded me straight away the full amount, not even a partial amount. They've acknowledged the issue. And to give me a little bit of extra help, so a little bit extra, they've put me on another list. Now, I just don't think you can say fair on that, can you? That's a totally fair way to approach that. And from a customer journey point of view, there was me thinking, all oh, right, well, that was a waste of money. Well, now I haven't wasted that money. And what it means I could do is go back and try Bargain Booksy again, which I will do because in the past, I used to call Free Booksy the, the, the poor author's um, book bub because it was brilliant. I got my first thousand pound, a thousand dollar month off using Free Booksy. Um, and, I, and I loved it. Um, I've had less results off uh, or fewer results, fewer good results off bargain booksy because obviously you're pricing your books there and you'd always expect to have fewer interactions but nine really was uh, very low and I'm pleased to see they agreed with that so um, I think that's great customer service from bargain books are you um, very very impressed with that okay so I, I wanted to mention and, and you know please don't switch off the minute you hear me mention part run but I'm only mentioning this because this was part of my 220 2020 
goals. It, it highlights that. So again, if you listen very carefully, right at the beginning of the year, I said that really my goals now are to my 55th birthday in two, March 2020. So I've got bigger overarching goals. One of those goals is to write 20 books. I'm going to have that done by summer holidays, by the looks of it, uh, to reach 20 books written, 20 fiction books. I don't count my non-fictions. So 20 fiction books written by, well, it was supposed to be March 2020, but it's going to be done by the end of July this year. Also, that I, uh, my weight was to be 10 and a half stone, and I wanted to run a five-kilometer run for fitness reasons not for sporty reasons really just to try and keep alive and um, I wanted to do that below 30 minutes well last week I told you that I ran uh, on Morecambe Promenade which was absolutely fantastic experience I just wanted to let you know that already I've beat my record so on Saturday I ran five kilometers at Morecambe in 29 minutes 35 seconds so I mean, way ahead of when I said I was going to beat the target. I've beat the target already. Um, so when I first started running, I was something like 38, 39 minutes when I did the first part run in October. I've now got that time down to 29 minutes, 35. So um, by the way, um, I'm being tough on myself, though, because I'm not counting that as having reached my target. Because um, being on a promenade, it was completely flat at Morecambe, whereas the run at Carlisle, um, and hopefully this proves that it's not me just making excuses when I say to you, these hilly in Carlisle. It's not hilly in terms of really big hills, but when you're running them, let me tell you, it's uphill. It feels like uphill and it slows you down. But they are only, gen you know, they're only gentle hills if you're in a car, but when you're running them, you feel them. Um, so I, I want to use my, my time needs to be at Carlisle. So I, I want to get my home run if you want because I'm gonna I know I'm gonna beat my time when I go to market raise and when I go and see my mum in summer that's at a race course and that's on the flat so I know that'll be below um, 30 minutes as well so I want to time it against my weekly run which is at Carlisle so Carlisle I think I'm down to about 31 minutes 30 seconds something like that so I still got about 30 seconds to shave off it those hills at Carlisle just put a minute on because they just make the run tougher. Um, but I just wanted to know that I, I have kind of hit that target, uh, even though I'm not going to count it, not until I do it at Carlisle. Um, and it goes back to what I keep saying to you, where you put your focus is where you get your results. You know, because I keep turning up every week. That was my 20th run last week. And if you remember, it doesn't seem like five minutes ago in October that I was doing my first run. I was out of puff, nearly keeled over, but oh, everything ached. Um, I could barely walk the, the week after I did that first run. I went to see one of my kids at university and I remember going into one of the local parks and I had to say look you go ahead I need to sit down I was so achy and painy after that first run whereas now I don't even know I've, I've done them I'm sort of recovered in five minutes and I'm off so um you know where you put your attention is where you get your results if you want results in a certain area you've got to focus on it and you've got to set yourself targets and and um and it's the same with the books. You know, if you want the results, you can't just sit around scribbling 100 words every now and then and think you're going to be a best-selling author. It's not going to happen that way. It's only going to happen if you set set targets, you do the work, you put the buttoned chair, uh, uh, get the work done, and you keep moving with relentless actions towards that target. Um, so uh, that's the only reason I use the part runs, really, just to, to sort of illustrate that. And, and, and I, I, when I'm running around, I constantly get the analogies with writing. Um, you know, I keep turning up every week and I get better at it. It's the same with writing. Write another book, you'll get better at it. Just write another one and you'll get better. You just keep getting better. And we all start in a different place. Um, there's a guy there I know who has, um, he, he, he walks the run, local guy that I know through a BBC connection. 
and his time to run 30 kilometers was over an hour it was an hour and 10 minutes or something when he started and he's got a lot of weight to lose and since he's been doing it, he's he's lost loads of weight and he's lost he's shaved 50 uh, sorry 20 minutes off his time i think it's over 20 minutes off his time so we all start where we start we all make progress so long as we keep turning up and doing the work and you know um, and we're all and we all get to the end in the end so at the end of that 5k run there are people way ahead of me who are doing it in 17 minutes 18 minutes i'm never going to be that fast there are people behind me uh, who who walk it um, just for general fitness, they come in at 55 minutes and I'm s- somewhere in the middle. But sure as heck, we all finish in the end. We all get there in the end. So there's so many analogies with that, uh, with writing, um, I feel. I, I can't help thinking about it when I'm huffing and puffing. I'll be way around the course thinking, you know, this is it. You just keep turning up. You just keep throwing yourself back in. You just keep going. Um, so there you go. There's a little bit of Paul T uh, philosophy there. I have a Robin Reed's promo starting on Friday the 7th. It's a Friday promo, uh, too early for me to give you any results, but I'll let you know what the results are. Now, Robin Reed's, I don't think I've tried Robin Reed's before. I'm pretty sure I haven't. Robin Reed's is something that Adam Nichols used. So I'm doing a quick test on a 99p Don't Tell Meg, just like I did with Bargain Books the other week, really just to see what kind of um, activity I get off that. Um, because I'm trying to work out the best, pro- I've only got a limited budget. I think I've, I'll, I'll have about £1,000, £1,200 when I do my rapid release as my advertising budget. I do want to make sure that's going on the sites that are going to do the best for me when I start using that. So I'm just doing a couple of little te- little tests with Don't Tell Meg at the moment because I know Don't Tell Meg converts when I give it away for free. Um, you know, all the conversion elements are there. So um, it's a good one to test it on. Uh, but I'll let you know next week how that Robin Reed's promo goes. Um, I did say to you that I have, I have this lovely network around this podcast. Um, John Cronshaw uh, got in touch with me this week. And um, I'm t- what was it, John? John had heard me. Oh, John had heard me talking about the bookbub last week, saying that they'd put me in the horror section. And John's been trying to get his dystopian books onto bookbub for ages, and you know has this huge list of rejections, like we all do, like I did with Do- uh, the, the Secret Bunker, just constant rejections. And he said, you know, that's really interesting information to know that if I put it in horror, I might actually get a bookbub. Um, so, so John had reached out to me. And also Jeff Smith had reached out to me. And I want to big up Jeff Smith on the program. I met Jeff at uh, 20 Books to London. And uh, we've been connected through this podcast for ages. And I've, um, have I interviewed you, Jeff? Well, that's really embarrassing. I forget who I've, I forget who I've interviewed. Um, but Jeff, well, I, actually, I can't have done, can I? Because you've got your first book going, haven't you? On Jeff has released his first book today, Friday the 7th of June. That's really what I want to tell you. And I'm making a pig's ear of that. But um, I know Jeff's been working on this for a long time. But Jeff has released his first book, Burning Crow, A Cold Hard Bite of Best British Noir, and it was released today. So, Jeff, you know, I know you've been working towards this for ages. I know you've been listening to the podcast for ages. By the way, I get a mention in the book, apparently, which is great, which just hopefully don't ever darken my doors again, Paul T. Hopefully you've learned some stuff from the podcast. Um, but but Jeff's got that book um, up for grabs. It's, it's on a – I bought it the other day on a pre-release – Congratulations, Jeff. You know, this is, this is kind of what we need. We need you to write the books. We need you to publish the books. And then we need you to do it again. That's what this podcast is all about. And so fantastic. You know, you've reached the end of that first journey. Get that book out there. Take time to celebrate it. Make sure you celebrate that first book and then write the next one. Do it again, you know, and, and, and learn the lessons. But well done. But uh, Jeff was just sending me storyoriginapp.com, saying, are you aware of this? Have you used it? Um, and it's funny, 
I'm usually pretty quick with this stuff. So yes, I had seen Story Origin app and I'd signed up and I, it's one of those things I'd parked. So I do like it when people say, have you used this? Because often it reminds me of stuff that I've seen and forgotten about. And Story Origin app is a way of building your mailing list and it does it in a kind of meaningful way. Um, but yes, um, it is on my radar. I haven't done anything with it. Um, I need to look at it again carefully because I probably will do something with it. So thank you for reminding me of that. And I have put the link on the show notes for this page because I recommend that you look at it. It's storyoriginapp.com. And basically, it's another great way of building your mailing list if you are uh, an author. And I think Jeff was sending that because I was saying about book funnel last week, you know, about list building techniques, and I was not really having a great... I'm not totally happy with my experience of it. So uh, thank you for that, Jeff. What I may, What I, I'm kind of half planning to do is to hold my own giveaways probably in August, just before I start the rapid release, just to top up my list as much as I can with subscribers so that I've, I've topped it up ready when I start to promote the books on the rapid release giveaway. Um, but I don't want to be doing them constantly because, um, you know, I think people sort of get book blindness. So I'm going to come back to it, uh, just give it a break for a month or two. Uh, but Story Origin app will be on my radar when I do that. It's been a very funny week this week because I've been delisting books and obviously as you delist books you know I know my income's going down but I delisted um, Dead of Night the ebook and the paperback um, because it's no longer implicated in everything and, and, and I don't know whether you remember that I was experimenting with a technique around the book bubs to try and get more sales of my standalones and what I'd done is at the end of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, book three, The Forgotten Children, I had put the first chapter of Dead of Night at the end of the book, and then a call to action saying, continue reading this story. And I had found that extremely effective in, in, in completely uh, improving the sales of Dead of Night. Um, they weren't life-changing, uh, but they'd gone from flatlining to, oh, I'm now selling copies of Dead of Night, which is great. So that technique was working for me. But because I'm delisting all of my standalone thrillers, I have now um, removed that cross promo at the back of book three of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. I've also gone through all of my books. So I used to have other books by Paul Teague and I always put in, in whether it's sci-fi or thriller, I always have a plate in there that says other, um, you know, other thrillers by Paul Teague where I list all the thrillers and um, I also write sci-fi and I list all my sci-fi books, even if it's a thriller, uh, to see if I can cr cross promote people. So as I'm delisting books, I'm having to update my vellum files with the books that are available. Um, and obviously I'm, I'm knocking books off those lists now, which is, a, it's a very funny feeling because usually I'm adding books to them, but at the moment I'm taking books away. So I removed, um, although I'm delisting, uh, who to Trust, One Fatal Error and Burden of Guilt. They get delisted on Tuesday the 11th of June because that's when their KDP Select period ends. So I will have four books delisted um, by then. And it, say, it feels really funny because obviously it's good to reduce my income. Um, you know, it's reducing my income. So uh, it's quite scary and it's counterintuitive. But I have to delist those books because they're going to disappear and then they're going to, they're going to come, uh, Adam Nichols described it as the Phoenix. You know, they're, they're going to rise from the ashes with new covers, new titles, new blurbs, and they're going to be part of my rapid re-release strategy. So, uh, yes, my income is going to be down immediately, but I'm doing this in the hope that I can improve my longer term income and status uh, on Amazon. 
So yeah, I had to update the vellum files and I also updated my vellum files for the secret bunker. So I'm getting the secret bunker, of course, is now going to be in a bookbub promo on the 25th of June. So I'm making sure that it's ready for that. So I've updated the vellum files for the secret bunker um, because um, I, I needed to remove um, cross I, all, all of my thrillers. I've either removed my thrillers or... Don't Tell Meg is in KDP Select at the moment. It's not on all the platforms. So I needed to make sure that I wasn't using books to read links from Draft the Digital, that now it's only available on Kindle. I'm using these, um, you know, Kindle uh, geo links that um, take you to the Kindle directory wherever you live in the world. So I've just been making sure all my links are right. And I've been adjusting my pricing for the secret bunker. So the secret bunker is going to be free when it gets listed. And I'm, I'm just adjusting my pricing so that um, the secret bunker, I think is, I can't remember what the, the but it doesn't really matter what the price is at the moment. It's it's actually, a, actually, I think it's still at a high price because when I submitted it to BookBub, I tried putting the price high for the first book so that the differential between that and free would look more impressive for BookBub. So I, I think I've left it at the high price, if I remember rightly. And frankly, it's at a high price to, you know, and I don't expect people to buy it at that price. It's at a price that's that's I've done strategically, not because I expect to sell books at that price. So my pricing strategy is going to be, um, book one, obviously, of the Secret Bunker trilogy is going to be free for that promo. It's not at the moment, but it will be for the promo. Book two will be £1.99 or $2.99. Book three will be £2.99 or $3.99. Books two and three will be $3.99 or $4.99. And books one, two and three will be £4.99 or $5.99. So I've changed all of those pricings now across all of the platforms. So this is listed wide, this book. So it's on Published Drive, Draft the Digital, and it's on Kindle. And there's another one in there too, and um, Kobo as well. So um, that that's me done my kind of pre-prep of the vellum file. So that book's good to go. What I'm going to have to do, I need to make sure that the price is set to zero by Tuesday, the 25th of June. So I will probably start to do that the weekend of the 15th and 16th of June. That'll be next week. And I'll probably start to reduce the price to zero because what you have to do is, is uh, in that scenario where a book's not in KDP Select, Kindle, um, Amazon price matches. So the first thing you have to do is drop the price on Google Play and Apple and all the other channels, you drop those prices first. Then when those prices have taken effect, you write to Amazon. You say, I, I usually send them the links and say, this book is now for free on these channels. Please, would you price match it? And then you get Google, um, Amazon to price match it. And because, um, when I, I think I did that with the secret bunk, not the secret bunker, the don't tell Meg trilogy first of all. Um, I had problems in that, um, there was a problem with it in that. Amazon didn't price match in all territories. And so by the time the promo went out, it wasn't for free in all territories. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to get into trouble here. Um, so I've learned to do that in plenty of time. So probably I will start that process next weekend. As soon as the, the prices are all set to zero on the other channels, I'll start to nag Amazon and I'll build a buffer in there just in case we have any problems in any of the territories. Um, so I've got time to troubleshoot with that. But I need to be for free in all the channels by 25th of June. The other thing that I can't do this month is I can't submit the grid one to BookBub this month. So again, if you recall, my strategy has been to basically um, to submit my books for a BookBub 
whenever I can at the earliest opportunity. And if you've had a BookBub promo, you have to wait six months. And if you haven't had a BookBub promo, if you've had a rejection, you have to wait 30 days. I mean, it's, you know, a month. I usually do it by the month, but 30 days, basically, you have to wait. So because I've got a promotion on the secret bunker this month, I can't submit the grid one, which has had a BookBub before, remember. So I'm waiting for a second BookBub on that, but I can't, they won't promote the same author name um, twice in 30 days. So I'm going to have to wait um, until the end of July. So basically, I'm going to have to wait to 30 days after my 25th of June promo before I can then submit the grid one again. So the grid will not be getting submitted until, um, the, you know, the, the end of July, basically. Now, if I'm really lucky, we'll go from a secret bunker trilogy promo to a grid trilogy promo. Uh, that, if I'm really lucky, that'll be fantastic because as you know, what I'm hoping to do with my, um, sci-fi books is to generate enough income to get another seven covers done. And I'm going to give it all a series name. And then I'm going to, um, they're all going to get new titles. It won't be called the secret bunker anymore. It'll be called something else. And, um, it, they're all, and I'm going to re- rapid, rapid re-release all those seven books again. That's what I'm aiming for with the, uh, with the sci-fi books. Uh, they'll all get a rapid re-release. So I'm, I'm aiming to do that with the sci-fis, but I'm not going to do that until the money is in the pot to get the, um, the new covers done. So that's another aspiration of mine. The other thing is, is I don't think I can humanly cope with, uh, two rapid releases. So, um, you know, notionally, uh, I ought to get, well, you know, touch wood. I all, bearing in mind, I've had a book bub for the grid one. Hopefully I should get another book bub for the grid one at some point. It might not come straight away, but hopefully I should get another one because there's a precedent for it. And what I would like to do is to get that money in the pot to get the covers done, to give me time to do the light edits on those books to, to make sure I've got the feedback done. And then what I might then do is if I can keep my thrillers rapid releasing up to Christmas, um, then in the new year, I'll start with another rapid release of my sci-fis. The other thing you've got to remember with my sci-fis at the moment is that I've, of course, and I, I need to remember these books. I've actually got 10 sci-fi books out at the moment. So I've got, I've still got the three books that John and James are going to release in July. I got a hell of a lot coming on, haven't I? I got a lot of books coming out this year. I better make some money from it. I tell you. Um, so, um, John and James were aiming for July release there. To be honest with you, that, that I won't, be involved in I say I won't be involved in that I will be involved in that in terms of emailing my list sharing on social media all those things um but you, you know I am collaborating with John and James they're leading that um I will just be supporting it um you know clearly I if we all sell books we all make money so clearly I will be supporting that as much as I can um but the advertising under our sort of deal the advertising the promotion lead is taken by them I play support actor in that role but I got those three sci-fi books going. Now they will, they won't do weekly rapid release. I don't think they're going to do weekly rapid release. I think they're going to do monthly re- rapid release. So I think they will do maybe one July, August, September. And then I think they do the box set. You've got to remember too that box sets, by the way, are part of that rapid release because as far as Amazon is concerned, it's a new title. So, um, the other way I can squeeze out my thriller box, my thriller is by box setting up the books and then still releasing a box set as a new product. So I'm going to be doing all of this so I can actually extend my, my thriller releases into the new year if I wanted to. But, you know, I'm just working all of this through, making sure I don't spontaneously combust with all the work. Um, so, you know, you have to bear in mind that I am going to have 
um, a lot of sci-fi packages through John and James coming out as well. Um, so I think really I'd keep him a powder dry on that one. To a certain extent, I feel more passive in that process in that John and James will release those as they please. What I hope I get is, um, you know, hopefully their audience will like the books I've written. Uh, they will fit nicely in their universe and their existing audience hopefully will buy those books. Um, and then clearly, I, you know, I might, I've got some decisions to make because I'm, I'm releasing a lot of different stuff. I've, I've got this military sci-fi series with John and James. Um, and that universe has been written so I could just continue it. So I can, I know what the next book, books are there. I know what, I know how the story continues. I even know what the next story is. I haven't planned it, but I, I know in my head what, how the story moves on. So if, if those three military sci-fi books die a death, uh, that's fine. You know, those books will keep selling, um, just not in very large numbers and we'll all kind of move on. But if they sell well, then I will continue to write in that universe. And I'll write John and James another trilogy. If they, they say to me, look, that went really well. Let's do this again. I'll write another three books in that trilogy. And also I'm starting my, my own Morecambe Bay, uh, series. Um, and that notionally is going to be three books, but, um, you know, we've got a lot of things going on here. So if they die, that's fine. Um, but if they fly, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> but um, as I've always said to you, when I was writing really intensively for John and James at the beginning of the year, my moans about it were only first world problems. You know, frankly, I, I had enough time. If, if, if I if I am able to generate any level of financial success through this to cut myself some slack with money, then and I'm able to write full time. Frankly, I'm going to have no trouble writing the rate I do if I'm able to do this full time. It just won't be a problem for me if I can write full time. So I'm I'm happy with that. You know, I know my writing schedule well enough to know that I can if I'm doing it full time. Um, that's going to be fine. What I'm doing at the moment, I'm still having to work work three days a week. You know, you take those three days a week away, and even if I write the rate that I write at, that's still pretty productive. Um, so I'm 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 okay with that. I think the other reason why I've got more confidence with that is because I write in two genres. I do find it really refreshing. If I write a thriller and then I go back to sci-fi, by the time I come back to thrillers again, I'm completely fresh. And similarly, when I write sci-fi, it's so different. It uses different parts of my brain and my imagination. I do find writing in two genres keeps me fresh with my stories. Um, so I really like alternating them. So, you know, frankly, if I made money with either of those series, those collaborations or one of my own, it just suits me to just keep um, mixing the genres. Um, it keeps me fresh. I enjoy it. Um, and I know my writing rate. I'm quite comfortable writing 5,000 words a day. It only feels too intensive against the backdrop of me having to do three days work, uh, you know, three days of a day job. That's the only reason that I um, it feels a bit crammed. I just think for good mental health, I think it's good to have a little bit of space in there. Um, so that, you know, I'm a big fan of that. You need to leave yourself some headspace. That's why I've said when I was writing for John and James, that felt just a little bit too intense for me. Um, it's important to have that space in your agenda. So, so much going on. Um, I do, I, I release my monthly email at the weekend. You know, these, um, friendly author emails I write and, and I had 220, 230 replies to write last month. And I thought, oh, I must, I'm going to have to come up with a question that doesn't, you know, isn't, doesn't, I want to get some answers, but not that many this month. So I, I came up with a question. And the question was, um, what was it? Oh, what would make you pick up a book and then put it back on the shelf? And I'm relieved. And th isn't this ridiculous? 
I'm relieved to say I only got 71 replies this month. <laughs> it's a quiet month. I got I only had to reply to 71 emails this month. Then actually they're still coming in, so it'll be slightly more than that by the time we finish. Uh, but yeah, 71 email replies, um, which, which is, I mean, if I'd have got five replies prior to this, I'd have said, wow, that was a great response. 71, and I'm grateful because it's so low. Um, but this is really working extremely well. Now, who was it? Somebody's given me a great idea. I think it might have been one of my readers. Somebody's given me a great idea. Oh, that's it was one of my readers. Um, sent me a note and said, they gave me the idea for the next question. And so that gave me a great idea. I thought, right, I'm using that question next month. And then I'm going to put in one of the email sections, um, I'm looking for sort of questions to ask my readers. If you've got a great question, that you think would get a brilliant response, let me know. So I call that ask the audience. I'm going to ask the audience for my next question. So, um, and that's an even better way of involving them. So as I say, you know, I don't mind writing 71 replies. I don't really mind writing 230 replies because all of those are personal interactions with readers and you're just building that. I've never had this close connection with an audience before. And um, I've actually... Um, I've had to be running one. I'm not writing today or working today. Well, I am working because obviously I'm recording this, but I've had to record. I've had to run one of my kids over to exams today. So I didn't write. Um, it's been a disrupted day, but I was, so I was, I decided to work with a client today so I could earn some money in, in that pocket of time. And, um, you know, I was saying to my, um, I was saying to my client, two best things I've ever done, start a podcast and write those personal emails. They're the two best things I've ever done for getting close to an audience. And, um, I was just extolling the virtues of that strategy to a, a local business person and, and explaining to him how he could use it in his own business. So uh, one last thing to tell you is that Craig Martell has a book out. And, and thank you very much to Claire Sager, who wrote to me uh, again, another interviewee on this podcast. Uh, Claire wrote to me and uh, just reminded me that this was out. Uh, Claire, Craig Martell's writing a series of books at the moment on author craft. And Craig Martell, if you don't know, is part of the 20 Books to 50K Facebook group. And he's just written one called Release Strategies. Now, of, of course, I'm buying that. I have bought it and I'm, I've just started reading it. Um, so this is a really important one, Release Strategies. I'm talking about rapid release. So clearly, um, I want to listen to what Craig has to say. But um, because of my interview with Adam Nichols and because Adam's in the same field as me, um, I am releasing weekly now and I've got enough books. I found a way of creating too many books. So I am sticking to the weekly rapid release, but I am going to listen to everything. Obviously, I'm going to read what Craig says and I'm going to get best practice off him. But I mean, um, Michael Enderley, Michael Enderley goes even further than one book a week. I mean, he's almost releasing one a day, isn't he? It's almost, it feels like one a day. Um, and, and obviously that completely tickles Amazon's algorithm. So, I haven't finished Craig's book yet. When I do, I'll, if I, there's anything I need to share. I, I when I read books, I don't want to share too much. I need to kind of tempt you with it, uh, because I don't want to take all the author's best material. Uh, so I will only tempt you if there's bits in there that I think you ought to be buying it to read. I won't actually tell you what they are because otherwise I'm stealing the author's thunder. Um, but as I've enjoyed Craig's book already, I'll let you know when I finished it. Uh, if I, you know, if I feel you ought to be reading it or whether I got some real gems out of it, but I'm really looking forward to reading that book. 
Okay, just to mention this week that I got a tweet from Edwin Downward, and, and Edwin sent me a picture. It's on the resources page. Uh, this is presumably, a, 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 I think uh, Edwin uh, is part of the, the maintenance team, or I think maybe you're even it, aren't you, Edwin? You are the team, I think. Uh, but Edwin is, is, is involved in, in maintenance into buildings. And um, in, this, in the tweet this week, um, there's, there's a lot of glass there, Edwin. Um, Edwin says, I washed all these windows so that I could listen to Paul Teague on his self-publishing journeys podcast on the way home, knowing that I'd done a proper day's work first. Now, uh, there's a lot of windows and there's a lot of glass there, Edwin. And also that building's quite high. Please tell me you don't, you're doing that from the inside. Please tell me you're not going up one of these high ladder things and doing those windows because, oh, that's, because uh, the next thing I'm going to ask you to do is to take a photo from the top, but um, only if it's safe, by the way, and it observes health and safety regs. Um, but, that looks very high. Please tell me you're not doing those from the outside because that's very daring. Uh, I wouldn't have the courage. I think I'd, I'd go no further than window two, right? Window three, I'm out. That's too high for me. So uh, thank you very much for tweeting that. It's always good to see where you are and what you're up to. Um, if you are somewhere interesting right now, it doesn't really matter where you are. Uh, if you're baking cakes, you know, cleaning something, it's always great to get a picture of where you are when you're listening to the podcast. I find it endlessly fascinating. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, if you missed it in the feed, please listen to Adam Nichols' uh, interview episode that dropped into the feed on Monday. So many useful tips there about marketing and rapid release. It's great stuff. And I'm going to be back with another diary update for you next Saturday. I have all my author news. In the meantime, whatever you're doing, writing, editing, designing covers, have a fantastic week of writing, and I will speak to you next Saturday. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.